0: Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week, we seek to answer real life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. Good day to you. This is Brad, and this is the Questions About Heaven podcast. I do appreciate you coming along and joining me, and We've been going over a number of different subjects throughout these past months, but within that, we keep going back and we're moving verse by verse through the book of Revelation. Our former podcast had taken us through chapter 10, which you might remember was about the angel and the little book, and if you go back over my podcast, you'll remember that John was given a little book here, and uh, this is a very, very powerful passage talking about what is going to be happening in the judgments of god upon the earth against the rebellious where satan has been let loose during this time in this i'm going to kind of call this a parenthetical break here john is then addressed here while everything's going on then it stops the strong angel came down if you remember this He is uh, clothed with a cloud, uh, talking about the glory of the Lord and the promises. And then what he does is, he then tells us here that there is not going to be a delay any longer in verse 6. With all of this presentation, there's one solid point. There's no longer a delay. This has been the judgment that's been prayed for by Christians, believers throughout the generations, and the Lord says this, and really even up into Revelation chapter 6, the martyrs that had come from the earth and are in heaven said, Lord, when will your judgment come? He says, a little while longer, and now the angel speaks on his behalf and says, the delay is over. It's not going to stop. John is then given a small book, which then He is told, take and eat it. Now, it's going to make your stomach bitter. It will be sweet in your mouth, sweet as honey. John does exactly that, and that's exactly what happened. I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it. In my mouth, it was sweet as honey, but when I had eaten it, my stomach became bitter. And the reason why, the angel says, is you must prophesy again concerning many peoples, nations, and tongues, and kings, and saying this, it's a joy to be In the work of the Lord, serving the Lord, that is sweet as honey. But the stomach pain, the churning of the inner self is this, in knowing that people will still reject God, and it will hurt in saying, you will face punishment. Now we go on to Revelation chapter 11, and then the second part, this delay which has over. And the judgment of God coming upon the people in in an avalanche type way is now going to begin. We see our scene in Revelation chapter 11. Zoom it right down into Jerusalem. I'm going to start reading in chapter 11 of Revelation. Then there was given, John speaking there, then was given me a measuring rod, like a staff. And someone said, Get up and measure the temple of God in the altar and those who worship in it. Leave out the court, which is outside the temple. Do not measure that. It has been given to the nations. They will tread underfoot the holy city for 42 months. That's three and a half years. And I will grant, says the Lord, authority to my two witnesses. They will prophesy, which means preach, for uh, they will prophesy then, And they will prophesy for 1260 days clothed in sackcloth. And that is also three and a half years. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. If anyone wants to harm them, fire flows out of their mouth and devours their enemies. So if anybody wants to harm them, they must be killed in this way. They have the power to shut up the sky, so that the rain will not fall during the days of their prophesying, and they have the power over the waters to turn them into blood. Doesn't that sound like the Egyptian plague? And to strike the earth with every plague as often as they desire. Now that takes us down to verse 6, and let's start in this podcast. Who are these? They're presented for a purpose as being anonymous. You will have people try to speculate. Is this Enoch? Is this Elijah? Is this Moses? Uh, You know, Moses and Elijah were with Jesus in Matthew chapter 17 as he was talking with Peter, James, and John. Could that be a repeat of there? Moses represents the law. Elijah represents the prophets. Enoch and Elijah never tasted of death. Maybe it's time for them to go and face martyrdom. Well, here's the point here. Look at the message, not so much the messenger. What are they doing? They are preaching repentance. I believe it's a very clear reason why God keeps them anonymous so that we don't look at them or some people would try to push them into sainthood for what they've done. We're not looking at the people. We're looking at the proclamation and the prophecy. We're not worrying about the messengers as much as we are concerned with the message. Now, so let's start here. This measuring rod is a type of a plant indigenous to the area, which can be broken off, and it's an, a hollow reed uh, that's there. This has been given to uh, John. This is what it says in the Greek. Uh, it's this type of a plan. So it's a specific length, all right? When you look throughout the Bible, you will start seeing there's measuring going on. God will start measuring different things. If you go to Ezekiel chapter 40, then the temple is measured there. Uh, You're going to see that. As a matter of fact, it gets fairly detailed there. Uh, You're going to find in uh, Zechariah chapter 2. Then there's going to be uh, the measuring there on Jerusalem. Now, when you keep getting these measurements, start looking for this. Judgment is going to come. When you see this, God's going to say, this is my territory. It's as if a surveyor goes out and goes and is hired by the landowner. The surveyor is saying, this is what you own. When we moved here to South Carolina, and then we talked with the neighbors, wonderful neighbors, and I said, well, I really don't know, Mike. Where is our line? Well, it's over here, Brad. You have a pipe over here on this end, and it will extend across. You'll see the surveyor's line over there, and this is your property adjacent to our properties here, and it goes back at an odd angle, but then when I know... The layout, I know what is mine. And in that, I will go to protect it in case there would be trespassers or those that would try to do anything to my property. It hasn't happened, but I'm saying that in theory would be I would protect it because that's my line. If something were to happen to my neighbor's property, they would go to protect theirs. Well, of course, we as neighbors would help out. But the point here is God's measuring this out saying, this is my property and there is judgment on those that are trespassing, sinning, uh, causing a rebellion here. And so, when we see this, and this also happens in Habakkuk as well, in Habakkuk, he is going to set his authority down in protection, in judgment. This is, this is what we're finding out here. God is saying, this is mine. Now, when we see this, The temple of God is identified here. This temple is made specific, and one of the reasons, I believe, is it is in fulfillment of what Daniel had said in his prophecies. When you go to the very, very particular prophecies of the book of Daniel, as a matter of fact, the last undergrad class I had uh, at Christian college was the passage or the class called Daniel and Revelation. And in there, we found, to my amazement, the tie between the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation. The tie here, when we're talking about the temple of God, it's talking about the Antichrist and the temple. Daniel chapter 9, Daniel chapter 11, and Daniel chapter 12 tell us about this. See, in Daniel chapter 9, There is the introduction, well, let's talk about the, uh, well, the introduction of the powerful, powerful activity of the rebellious Antichrist, this in-the-flesh representation of Satan himself, which is going about and doing destruction on there. This prophecy by Daniel in Daniel chapter 9 verse 27 says, and this Antichrist will make a firm covenant with the many for one week. And that is a representation, the one week is seven days, seven. It's using that in the term of uh, week, meaning uh, years. But in the middle of the week, which would be three and a half years, he will put a stop to sacrifice and grain offering. And on the wing of abominations will come one who makes desolate, even until a complete destruction. One that is decreed, is poured out on the one who makes desolate. So, in the midst of this, the promise is broken there. Then we go to Daniel chapter 11, verse 31, and it says that his forces will rise up and desecrate the temple fortress. They will abolish the regular sacrifice and set up the abomination of desolation. Daniel chapter 12 and verse 11 From the time the daily sacrifice is abolished, and once again this phrase, the abomination of desolation is set up, there will be 1290 days. So we keep seeing this coming again and again and again about the desecration upon the temple. Now in that, when we see this, this has been prophesied in Matthew chapter 24. We've talked about that in earlier podcasts on there. And it's talking about when, not so much like in history, when Antiochus Epiphanes came and had sacrifices to deface the temple, but he didn't call for them to worship him. The Antichrist is calling for worship on him himself on here. And in here we see that this is going to happen on the temple. This is what starts out. Now we move on into verse 2, and it says, During this measurement, leave out the court, which is outside the temple. Don't measure it. It has been given to the Gentiles. They'll tread the holy city underfoot for 42 months. Once again, 42 months equals three and a half years. Now, this has been given over to the Gentiles, and this is just saying this. This is not going to be the key area of protection here. Now, you might remember this whenever we're talking about this that we're talking about the blasphemies against God. They will tread the holy city, which is Jerusalem, for 42 months, which is three and a half years. During this time, uh, this is probably what we're looking at, the last half of this seven-year period, known in the Greek as the flipsis, the pressure. You may know this as the great tribulation time. Now, when we see this, This is when the Antichrist goes from being a deceiver to just an absolute monster of persecution and really of genocide going against the Christians. And in that time, you're going to see that the Gentiles, those ones outside the faith, are going to joyfully tread the holy city underfoot is what it's talking about there. Now, with this, Then we have the introduction of these two witnesses. They're going to prophesy for 1,260 days, and they're going to be clothed in sackcloth. They're going to be wearing something which is showing mourning, and they're calling for repentance when they do this. Every time that we see in the scripture this sackcloth, this burlap, this painful clothing to wear, it talks about those in repentance. And Think of Nineveh when they were uh, repenting of their sins and such. These witnesses are going to give a prophetic ministry, talking about judgment to come, and it's going to work. The passage says here, I will give them power. Now they're going for three and a half days here. But now they're talked about, they're going to have Holy Spirit power, because there's a reference back to Zechariah chapter 4, and it talks about, the olive trees, and the oil lamps. In there, there's going to be... Now, back then, that reference was to two men, Joshua and Zerubbabel. And those were there in the reference to Zerubbabel is going to be handling the, what would you say, sort of the administration of the city, secular. Joshua is referred to in the spiritual side, uh, this one that will bring up uh, the repentance, bring up the revival in this, these were raised up, so we don 't exactly know what this tie in is. Could this be you know a, a, a reintroduction on that basis? We just don't know, but we do see this when you look in Zechariah, it says the oil lamps were filled directly from the olive trees and went right to the lamp this is saying god's power is continual for their ministry here they are they are going out they are warning those they are presenting one more time in mercy would you turn back to the lord all of this blasphemy needs to stop would you turn back to the lord in all of this and they are empowered that way do they ever sleep during this time it doesn't say maybe they're given the ability to go 24/7 they will be seen, as we'll see later on. The attention of the world is upon these two righteous ones in the midst of a sin-sick city here, too. And what happens is, if anybody wants to harm them, they have the power, anytime you see fire in the Bible, it means holy judgment. They have the power to present holy judgment, whether this is a literal fire or this is the judgment, that would cause them to, say, for example, have a stroke in the midst of an attack or something like that. We're not sure, but it d- does said they are protected by what the words or the eminence of what's coming out of their mouth is going to stop and protect them, devouring the enemies uh, in there. Think about that whenever you're thinking about the protection through the ages of God's prophets and such, and you're going to see it here too. They're also given power that they might be able to stop any sort of productive weather. Rain will stop. Think of the plagues that are on Egypt, and think of the uh, the call by Elijah to shut the heavens up. Uh, Elijah would prayed, as we see James chapter five, that it would not rain, and for three and a half years, it did not rain on the land. Don't let this go by. Three and a half years. And then what happens is, we read in James chapter 5, then when he prays again, then it's restored back. They have this power. They have this power. Just as Moses had this against Egypt, Elijah was calling this down as well. And in this, they finish their testimony. The beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit which is the one, the Antichrist, we had learned about him in Revelation chapter 13. We'll get more of a description on him, that he's going to come out and make war against them. Can you imagine this? This gigantic entity is going against just two men. He overcomes them. They die. He kills them. Their dead bodies, the scripture tells us here in this passage from 7 to 10, will lie in the street of the great city, which is spiritually called Sodom and Egypt, where our Lord was also crucified. Now, what happens is, they, directed by uh, Satan himself, the enemy forces will take care of these ones. When they have finished their testimony, though, this is when it happens. You see, Lucifer, Satan, wants to feel that he is in charge. But you'll notice that small phrase also reminds you then, when their testimony is over, when their work is done, then God allows their lives to be taken just to usher them back into heaven. And that's the same way with you or me, friends. We are given a time as active Christians to fulfill our testimony, to go out. And God knows that he has numbered our days, and we apply our hearts to wisdom in knowing that, that we might be able to be witnesses and be ones that proclaim the word, just as these did. We're going to talk more about the two witnesses in our next podcast. Thank you so much. This is Brad Zockel here in the Questions About Heaven uh, broadcast and podcast. And as we see the new opportunities of reaching those for Christ, just be in prayer as you know that we are building the barn out back here. It is the structures up and everything and some generous people have taken care of us on insulating the place. So in the hot weather, I could still record and do uh, uh, different broadcasts there in classes. And then during the time in the winter, it won't be too cold. So we're on the next step. We're now needing to go into some more recording equipment and some uh, lighting uh, for a different program. So would you pray about that? If you can give, even a little bit would help us out so much. There are many opportunities for us to be able to take us. We have we, we still cannot believe how many people we're reaching on the different uh, social media, such as TikTok, Facebook, uh, YouTube. It's just growing uh, all the time, as well as this podcast. And so please help us out if you're able to. If not, just pray for us. Just pray for us as we go, as I go out. And I'm, I'm heading to different churches around the area. Just off the top of my head, I'm going into Maryland, and then across the state a couple of times in South Carolina, and then I'm going to back to Alabama, and heading back over to Tennessee throughout the summer, and then up into Pennsylvania. So I'm all over the place here, and taking the Honda CRV, puttering up and down the trail. And so be in prayer as I go, and we minister to the Christians, and also witness to those that are searching. Thank you so much. This is Brad Zockel. God bless you, and Lord willing. Uh, Hey, don't forget now, YouTube Live every noontime, Eastern Standard Time. YouTube Live, noontime, Eastern Standard Time.